Louder! And it's time for the Gore and More Podcast. Gonna have a good time. Gonna have a good time. Yeah, we're gonna have a good time. We're going on now. A ball break, walking in and head in the moonlight. We'll be the sweets all day. I swear, we'll never part. Going on a ball break, running in the sand, feeling alright. And what is up, motherfuckers? <laughs> Woo! This is Lord Scuba Cobra here, coming to you today on episode 170 of the Gore and More Motherfucking Podcast. And as you can tell, our Fluffmaster Supreme, who's not so mean, is not with us today. Um, he's got some stuff he's dealing with at home. We love you, Big Johnny D. We love you. Yeah, we miss you, buddy. Very much. And this is fucking weird for me. We were talking about this right before. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be fucking weird. But I, we, I can't do this show without my, my buddies over here. Right here. We have, uh, the, the dark Lord of knowledge himself, Mr. Chad Christman, AKA Chad daddy. What's up, bitches? And right here down below me, below me, <laughs> anytime, baby, anytime, is the oh. Meat Mountain himself, Bobby Mone. How's it going, baby? Happy New Year. Drink it up, boys. Happy New Year, guys. So before we get started, before we say anything about what we're doing today, I just want to give a little moment of silence to one of the greats that we lost. Raise our drinks, whatever you're drinking, fellas. Here's to you, Betty White. We love you. We're going to miss you. And if she had a dick, this is where she'd tell us to suck it. This is where she would tell oh, us man. to suck it, baby. I, I am so sorry she was not around for us to do our Lake Placid episode. <sighs> yeah. The woman yeah. was 17 days away from turning 100. But hey, well, 90, 99 is... Well, here's the thing, though. Because she was 99 years old, she lived through so many leap years. 24. Okay? 24 leap years. So that adds that many extra days so she's well over technically well over 100 yep. even though she didn't make it to her 100th birthday numerically she did so rest in peace betty white we're gonna miss you baby absolutely but before we get into anything i think we're just gonna go ahead and jump right into it right now and it is now time for your chat daddy kick it off well, it's just been another normal week here. You know, worked four days last week. I didn't uh, have the luxury of taking time off, unlike some people in this podcast. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. But it was still a three-day weekend, which isn't bad. Did not do much. Uh, we was actually uh, in Butler on Friday, which is Mr. T.J. Bowser's neck of the woods. Oh, nice. But we didn't stop in, you know, didn't stop in Chichak because we were just trying to get things done and get back home real quick. So it was just a quick day out with the wife and kiddos. We had to take some stuff back to tar- Target that we got from Christmas. You know, it was broken and stuff that didn't work. So we took that back, got our money back. Not much. Aside from that, had a pretty quiet, calm New Year's Eve here at home. Just me, the wife, and the kids. Uh, <laughs> funny thing is, the kids, I don't know how you guys are. Uh, Bobby, obviously, you don't have kids. But mine, they don't sleep. 
Like they were up, they saw the ball drop. They were up for like an hour afterwards. It was crazy. So I had to deal with uh, wired kids till about two in the morning. Then they finally went to sleep. Then we finally went to sleep. What else happened? Oh, okay. So get this. I got off of uh, the site Mercari. Somebody was selling. Sorry about that. Somebody was selling a lot of Gremlins, NECA Gremlins figures. Uh-huh. So I ordered, there were three of them for 26 bucks. And here's the funny thing. So they came oh, in today. Bastard. This one is a striped Gremlin without the mohawk. All right. This one, I don't know how well you can see it, but there's uh, ink markings all over the body. I've been wiping it down with alcohol. It's coming right off, so that's not a very big deal. But <sighs> this one, this one is hilarious because, let me see if you can zoom in here. He has no teeth. Oh, what the hell? Oh. Somebody, somebody, somebody ripped his teeth out? <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, yeah, but for 26 bucks, you can't. 26 bucks. I'm not, yeah, I'm not. You, you can't argue that that's, I mean, that's a pretty good price. I mean, it's a stripe without the mohawk. I already have a striped gremlin anyway, so it doesn't yeah. matter. So yeah. I figure I'll do a little bit of customization on some of them, figure out what I'm going to do. But yeah, three of them for 26 bucks. Can't argue with that. Man, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. I need uh, to jump so on Mercari. The only bad thing is that they did not come with any accessories, but I got the Ultimate Flasher Gremlin last Christmas, which comes with tons, tons of, accessories. of accessories. Yep, yep. So and, I'm not worried. Any any of the other NECAs that you pick up too, if if you decided you want to start collecting mm-hmm. the Gremlins, they come with tons of of accessories that you're never going to use. Dude, they like, have an accessory pack still coming out this year. Yes, they do. Even more. No. Yeah, so I'm going to have I'm going to have a little fun with them, see what I can come up with. But nice. I think I've been rambling on long enough. Uh, Mr. Bobby Amoni, how about you, brother? Uh, I also had a very quiet New Year's Eve. Uh, literally, like, found out Betty White died. All night, I was watching Golden Girls. Yes. Nice. I watched nice. Golden Girls. And Hell yeah. Was, I, was, I had two drinks. Excuse me. Oh, I hated that. <laughs> I had two drinks, and I was watching Golden Girls all night, passing out, trying to stay awake and watch the ball drop. So, uh, Basically, woke up for the ball drop, got on the phone with my girlfriend because she's sick with COVID. My mom's downstairs, and we're watching the ball drop. I'm like, okay, happy new year. Love you. Good night. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I did. I went right upstairs and hit the t- hit the pillow, and I'm like, woke up the next day. I'm like, oh, so this is what 2022 feels like. No fucking different. Uh, not yet, anyway. Well, a little bit. But um, other than that, it was uh, very quiet. I was doing cosplay work yesterday. I was working on my new michael Myers suit and then this week i'll start working on the jason and i i gotta get some measurements to mr lance mckinney who does a custom mask i gotta get some measurements to him for straps I'm a little behind on that and then try to work on a few other things because uh setting up some shoots february forward so that's what's going on here and then i gotta start lining up some episodes of machine shop hopefully coming within the next week i'm hoping so I got to get in touch with some people and get that shit going. But other than and my other goal is to get I've made it a goal is to get Spider Gremlin in the box. Nice and pristine. Uh, yes, that is that's, one of my goals as well. Good luck. Monster Mania is in March and I'm willing to bet I will find someone who is willing to work with. I, I'm, I'm sure you will. And, and I hope you do. But I'm going to be so envious of you if you <laughs> <laughs> know that. Are you kidding me? The day the, that Monday after, I'm gonna be like, "This is what the episode's about here." <laughs> but other than that, life's been all right. Mister Lord Scuba, give me a rundown of what you're doing. 
well, you know, it was uh, my last week of vacation, so I just kind of vegged out. I started streaming on my Twitch again, so if any of you are on Twitch, this is a shameless plug right here for my personal Twitch channel, at CC. I'm currently playing The Witcher 3, never played nice. the game. Um, nice. I've heard all great things about it. A friend of mine actually plays it, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to jump on it, check it out, see what it is, because I did play it for like 20 minutes the first time I bought it. And I, I, it just did not click with me. Now that I'm already level 10 and I've done all these, you know, quests, I, I'm digging this game. It's actually what I'm going to do as soon as we're done streaming here. Um, so that was my last week of vacation. Um, New Year's, I was at the bar. I had to work very slow. It was, you know, you would, you would think that bar business is banging on New Year's. Not so here in Texas, really. There's, um, really? oh no, ladies and gentlemen. Look who we have here. Can we get a round of applause for the man, the myth, the legend, the one, the only TJ Bowser. How's it going, baby? Pretty good. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I I had a Zoom meeting for that VR Troopers thing. Oh, nice. We're just just into the slice of life portion right now. Oh, okay. So... Uh, but yeah, I worked at the bar on uh, on New Year's Eve, came home, and had, I mean, I, I was not feeling the bar this weekend at all, so I just kind of kept to myself and, you know, was there, and that was it, man, and then went back to work today, completely forgot how to do my job and what the hell I did, and so that was very, very, you know, important part of my day was relearning my job because there was a lot of stuff that I forgot how to do, so... <laughs> But that was pretty much it. My son did get me a late Christmas gift this week, and I was really shocked at how cool this bad boy is right oh, here. The lion turned out Bro, so good. I can't wait for this, the other ones. Oh, oh my god. And his figure is huge. That is big. Jesus so Christ. So big. I was like, wow. He was like, I know you said you liked that show when you were a kid, and I didn't yeah. remember which one, which uh gargoyle what, what, you said what was, was the big one was that hudson the biggest yes. yeah okay. yeah yeah and w- he actually named one of his lizards after um bronx he had a little gecko or something that he ended up naming bronx because he had seen the show i had shown him a couple of episodes when he was little um but yeah so that was really cool i was like that's pretty much the coolest christmas gift that i got nice so what about you boss man what have you been up to come on let's hear it yeah, so I actually got a really cool Christmas gift in the day. You know what? Uh, I'll get us banned, and I'll show show you guys a funny sticker on, yeah. on, on here that has nudity. Uh, hey. <laughs> Sasquatch ripping off a penis. Oh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I got my full core box set in from Severn, as, as well as uh, Preta Durango 4K, and a uh, Night of the Demon. Uh, but that's what that, that lovely sticker's from. Uh, Night of the Demon. I can't wait to watch that movie. It's uh, video nasty, and it's the first time in this awesome HD transfer, so I can't wait. But anyway, 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 yeah, just been collecting movies and doing podcasts. LC's on a little break ski right now until uh, season four starts, so yeah, keep an eye out for that. You know, it's the new year, so new podcasts are on their way, and uh, yeah, working on stuff, getting stuff moving. Let's talk about fucking vampires, boys. fucking do it. (laughs) You want to take it from here, boss? Yeah, so this week's film is John Car- uh, John Carpenter's Vampires, released October 30th, 1998. And the plot is Jack Crow is a professional 
Vampire Slayer, played by James Woods, <laughs> employed by the Catholic Church to hunt down and destroy nests of bloodsuckers one night after successful hunt. The master vampire of all, Jan Jan Valak, slaughters the entire team of Slayers, leaving only Jack, his partner, Montoya, and prostitute Karina Al Katrina alive. Okay, so uh, Montoya is Baldwin's brother? Baldwin, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, K Katrina looks familiar as well. Uh, you've, yeah, that, you've that's Laura Palmer. Okay. Yeah, Laura Palmer. Oh, shit. Okay, however, Katrina has been bitten and now serves a Jack psychic link to Valak. Now Jack must find out what Valak wants while teaming up with Father Adam while also trying to solve who sold him out and why. It soon becomes evident that the vampire master is after his black cross that may make him more powerful than ever. Culminating in a showdown worthy of the finest Western, Jack and a small team will fight for their lives against their most terrifying foe they've ever encountered. As we stated earlier, directed by John Carpenter, who also did They Lived the Thing in Halloween, written by Don Jacoby, who also did Life Force in Arachnophobia. Oh yeah, that movie's terrifying. <laughs> Based on the novel Vampires, and that is S with a money sign, baby. Yeah. Produced by Sandy King, who also did They Live in, in the Mouth of Madness, a Brody Kane favorite. I love that movie. It's a great movie. I so fucking definitely. love that movie. As we stated previously, starring James Woods, as you know him from David Cronenberg's Videodrome, Cat's Eye. Is that a Stephen King? It is. Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, and Family Guy, uh, James Woods High. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, piece of candy. Piece of candy. <laughs> Jack Crow. Daniel Baldwin, the one who's not under a ton of scrutiny, uh, <laughs> who started Night Moves, Homicide Life on the Street, as Tony Montoya. You know, he does a pretty good damn uh, character in this. Oh, yes. Yeah. Very yeah, memorable easily. Baldwin uh, performance here. Cheryl Lee, you may know her as uh, Dead, Wrapped in Plastic. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> From Twin Peaks or Wild at Heart, where she's also killed and then dead. <laughs> All outside of the road. But as Katrina. And then Tim Guinea, is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, starred in Strange World and The Good Wife as Father Adam G Gintow. No, that's Okay. Gitty. <laughs> Thomas Griffith. You might know him from Karate Kid Part Three, Cobra Kai as Jan Valak. Oh, okay. So, so here's the thing. Hold on. Here's the thing. I have seen this fucking movie so many goddamn times. I just finished watching Cobra Kai season four yesterday. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as I'm watching vampires, I'm like, that's not Terry Silver, yes, is it? It's and I was like, holy Silver, shit, no. that's fucking Terry Silver. How did I just, how was I just yesterday years old when I fucking realized that Terry Silver is Valak? Fuck it, eh? Maximilian Shell from Deep Impact as Cardinal Alba. Mark Boone Jr. from Batman Begins and Son of Anarchy as Catelyn, right? Yeah. Okay. Gregory Sierra from Barney Miller. Soap and Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Now, which one is that? That's the second one, right? Yep. That's wherever he goes in the fucking cave. Yeah, with the okay. psychics and everything. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. And holy fuck, I'm going to try it. Kerry Haruki Tagawa, who also was in Mortal Kombat and Lost in Space. Which one? The TV series, the Netflix series. Ah, the new one. Yes. Okay. As David Dio. See, the only Lost in Space I remember is uh, the one. That had the guy from Friends in it. Matt LeBlanc. 
Yeah. LeBlanc. Yeah, I remember that one. I never watched the series, though. Yeah. See, I watched the. I, I started out watching the old stuff back when uh, I think it was USA Network was uh, showing the repeats. I think I was probably like mm-hmm. 12 or 13 when I started watching it. So my first experience was the original stuff. Then I saw the movie. The movie? Nyeh. Save Family Robinson! That stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Music by John Carpenter, who also scored things such as Escape from New York and Big Trouble in Little China. Cinematography by Gary Kibb, who also did Body Bags. That's the film where you see Mark Hamill's ball bag and Robocop 3. Edited by Edward (laughs) Warsh... What the... Warshikla. Warshikla. Yeah, there you go, Warshikla. (laughs) Warshikla, who also did Child's Play 3 and 13 Ghosts. Effects makeup done by K&B. You know what they did. Distributed by Sony <laughs> Pictures, who recently did that amazing Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Oh my god! I, I just realized <laughs> you just <laughs> <of> pictures, yeah. <laughs> pictures, <laughs> Sony pictures. <laughs> I just oh that. You catch that new Sony pictures movie? It's pretty good. Runtime of 108 minutes. Okay, MPAE rating of R. Budget 20 million dollars. Grossed. $20.3 million. But it was financially successful. It made a ton of money in Japan, apparently. And it got yeah. a sequel with Bon Jovi, right? It got two that was sequels. fucking terrible. Two sequels, didn't it? Isn't there, aren't there two? I, I could have swore one. I could have swore there was two Lost Muertes, right? It's on Amazon Prime now. Yeah, I, can only think of, I can only think of one. I, I know From Dusk Till Dawn got two sequels, but I don't know about this one. terrible. Yeah, it's a shit piece of a movie. But they they still managed to get John Carpenter's name attached, which would have sold like a motherfucker in VHS land. Yeah. Just saying. It's also because it's directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, too. Hmm. But we'll forgive him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Boys, right. so let's generally discuss this bastard of a film. I had this on DVD. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had this on DVD at a young age, and me and my younger brother, uh, my middle brother, Devin, used to watch this all the time. And this is kind of, I was like, this is fucking awesome. This is fucking awesome. And it really introduced me to James Woods and made me fall in love with James Woods. So, yeah. Fuck this yeah. Is, this is one of those bro films because. My best friend and I watched this movie on VHS religiously almost every Saturday. I would walk over to his house, I would take my VHS copy, and we would watch it just because we fucking love the movie. (laughs) My dad and I used to watch the hell out of this movie. This was one of my dad's favorite movies, hands down. He also loved Underworld. You know, he he was, my dad was like me. He loved a lot. I I, I like the shit I like because of my dad. And this is, I mean, damn, man, this is such like a, a film that you can just put on with your bros and just sit there and watch and be like, fuck yeah. Like, this is such a damn good movie. <laughs> it's such a testosterone builder. It's not yes. even funny. Yes. But the first time I saw this, I did, I saw it on TV. So I DVR'd it and I watched it every day for I don't know how many times in a row. And then when I got the DVD and I'm like, oh, there's all this extra stuff in here that I didn't know existed. I'm like, this is way better. This was easily my favorite vampire movie, hands down. Hunter, vampire hunter, whatever you want to call it, Steve. Whatever gets your dick hard, I'm Look, fine with that. Look, he's about the subgenres. Let the it's, man it's, love it's something. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's my favorite vampire hunter and vampire movie. One, because the hunters are, well, they're savage. And two, the, the, va- the vampires are not. Oh my god, I'm lonely. I want to have a so fuck off. You're a savage, I'm son of a sparkly. Bitch. No, a valley. Vampires are savages. That's what they should be, and they did 
perfect with this movie, and I stand by that. And yes, including Dracula, I stand by this is better for me than Dracula. But of course, I still love Dracula. But this yeah. is my favorite. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, why, that's why that's why I said in 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 our chat earlier. I can't say it's my favorite vampire movie, but I will say it's my favorite vampire hunter movie <coughs> because it focuses more on the hunter aspect as opposed to the vampire aspect of the film. So for me, I mean, I and I can't say it's my favorite vampire movie because I don't want to put anything above this film. What would you put above it? For me, I mean, okay, so, and I don't care, I don't care, Lost Boys will always be my favorite vampire movie. That's, that's acceptable. Yeah, I agree. You know, for that. But that is vampire. Granted, the Frog Brothers are hunters, but it doesn't focus on them the way this film focuses on That's Jack fair. Crow, you know, and his team. Yeah. Um, we get the backstory of how they're working for the Catholic Church and how the Catholic Church has these other teams that are going on, you know. And, and I think that's what set this film apart from really any other film up until that point, because. Yeah, in other films, we get that there's, you know, vampire hunters, there's people that hunt vampires. But this was more of like a Catholic religion type thing that the the, the Catholic Church knew about these, you know, these demons that they created and now have a team put in play. Pretty much. Does that work? Yes. Did you have a yeah. soundboard? I got the soundboard. You son of a monkey's <laughs> uncle. <laughs> Okay, I was just making sure. It's yeah, I heard it earlier. No, it's worth sure. Yeah, I heard it earlier and I was unsure. I, so I didn't say anything. I just played it off a bit. Yeah. So. Yeah, buddy. Oh, no, that, I like. no. That's great. Yeah, so I, I just, I, I love this film. I the funny thing is, adore. the funny thing is, I've, I saw this when it first came out in theaters with my uh, my buddy, uh, a couple of the friends we saw it. I think I've maybe seen it one other time before tonight or before last night. It's not a film I watched wow. a lot. Who's got yeah. the physical release from Scream Factor? Anybody else other than me? No, I just have the regular DVD. I'm going to go uh, dig in the uh, movie closet and be right back. I have the regular DVD and I have the, um, the, the VHS. I still have my VHS copy, my original VHS copy. I still have it. Nice. I have to yeah. get this. I have to get the Scream Factory edition, but I, I've had the regular DVD for years. Yeah, but I, I, I will say this is a pretty fun movie. It's got a lot of great one-liners. James Woods is just absolute gold in this film. Oh, yes. oh, the, the one-liners are on fucking point. Yeah, I, I gotta order that. Nice. This week. That see, and that cover does not lie. No. Yeah, that's not. everything it is, and then a bag of chips, and just like the trailer, the trailer for this film. Sets up the movie fucking perfectly. Like, it, I was getting hyped watching the trailer. I was like, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was the nice thing. Is that the trailer did not sell a different movie from what uh, from what we saw. It sold oh. it perfectly. Very nice. It, it didn't lie to us like one of the other more recent movies. It's a horror western. Yes. Which, a western well, alone exactly is now, It's what western Carpenter wanted to do in general. Would you consider Western in, like, story, the way the story progresses, or Wait, just short not. setting and then, like, tonal? Oh, setting it, well... I would I say mean, all of both. the above. Yeah, all of the yeah, above, because... Because that's exactly what Carpenter was aiming to do. Especially setting and tonal, because you have these small towns, you know what I mean? That, that It's a classic revenge story, and I think that, that revenge stories, I'm just classically, cinematically, 
tend to go with the cinema, with the Western genre. So I think that combining a revenge story is easy whenever you do that with horror and, you know, that more Western thing. So, you know, like you guys said, like Chad said, it's all of the above. It's, it's a good combination of all of both genres. It's, it's only that John Carpenter can do, honestly. I don't think any other directors really have perfected the horror Western. That's because they didn't. I don't, they just don't like to touch it because Westerns have been. Well, it's. It's all well and good, boys, but Katie's cutting in. Snip, fucking snip. Well, 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 howdy, motherfucking duty there, gentlemen. It is all your DKB here back for another episode of Gone War. And this week I'm here to talk to you about John Carpenter's Vampires and what a fucking doozy of a film to kick the New Year's off with. This absolutely underrated and underappreciated horror fucking gem. I mean, what more can I say about this film other than the fact that it's absolutely fast-paced of action, horror, mayhem. I mean, what more can I ask for in a fucking movie like this? But I will elaborate a little bit more on this film, and I'll start off with our uh, director himself, Mr. John Carpenter. Now, I think at this time in his filming career, I think he just wanted to sort of make a film, you know, that was, um, you know, obviously fast-paced with a lot of horror, just have fun with it. Have fun with it. Not take it too serious. Um, and I think he absolutely accomplished that. I think it's definitely a film that anyone can watch and appreciate it for the style of film that it actually is and was meant to be. And, um, I mean, overall, the script, I mean, it's a very basic script. But visually, he was able to entertain me and give me what I needed and fulfill what I wanted in this in a vampire, let alone horror film. So, yeah, hats off to John Carpenter to do that. Um, now, James Woods in this film, one badass motherfucker with his one-liners and quick-witty dialogue. He's a ruthless son of a gun. I love it. His um, presence every time it graces the screen, I can't help but take, not well, I can't help but just fucking watch everything, watch everything that he does. I mean, it's absolutely great to watch, especially his chemistry with the other actors that surround him. I think they just feed off each other extremely well. Um, yeah, like I was saying before, the violence in this film is awesome. Maybe a little bit over the top, but who gives a fuck? This film, fuck yeah. And he brought an A-game to that and practical effects all the way, baby. That's all I say. Um Action, yeah, like I said, um, I think the editing had something to do with that. It's just quick pace, non-stop, fast, pedal to the metal. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, like I was not bored once watching this film. Um, cinematography, like, it's very basic. Um, it definitely feels like it had me feeling like this was a little bit like uh, Escape from L.A., whether it was the lighting or some of the camera shots, you know, at night. Um like, Mr. Carpenter likes to do these really low Dutch tilt fucking angle shots of, like, our lead actors and villains and stuff. And you can definitely tell that that was – they kind of influenced in that same sort of world, I guess. I don't know. It's just a trademark thing that Mr. Carpenter must do. Um, but, yeah, other than that, like I said, if you've not seen this film, I highly recommend it every day of the goddamn week. Um yeah, this film is fucking awesome. I mean, what more can I say? So, anywho, this DKB giving it a Gormal score of a 4.3. Um, and 
I look forward to hearing you guys talk more about this film. Cheers, gentlemen. Oh, point three is right. Excellent, excellent timing on that too. By the way, I try, I try. You succeeded. So, but yeah, I mean, what, what, what other thoughts do you guys have on this film, Bobby? I, this was the well. I'll just be real. I'm a Carpenter fan, but this was the last Carpenter movie. The Ghost last great Carpenter movie. No, no, no. It was the last movie. Ghost of Mars doesn't count. So that, that's an absolute <laughs> shit. I don't associate him with that movie. That was terrible. Hey, what's that? Isn't was, it called uh, John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars, though? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. No, he this was his This out. was his last like film. He was ready to leave Hollywood before he even made this. Yep. And, I mean, Chad will probably go, and then they asked him, what do you think? And he says, yeah, okay. And he went and rewrote it with different pieces from this script, this script, and mm-hmm. the book, and then that was uh, that was it, and this is what we got. And he went through quite a few guys to get this lead role, and James Woods is what stood out to him. That's what she said. Different story. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, come on. What else can we say? There's nothing else to say other than it's fucking great. I got nothing else. <laughs> yeah, no argument here. Like I said, it was. it's a real fun ride. As far as vampires, it, it's a it's a bit different from your normal vampire movie. Like, uh, and they were trying to go, you know, a step away from the whole gothic vampire thing and basically show them as brutal, bloodthirsty maniacs, which is the way they want it to be. And that also showed that the hunters themselves are also kind of maniacal in their own way, because you know, to fight a monster, sometimes you have to become a monster. Yeah, yep, yep. And and that's that's the one thing I give Jack Crow is he was fucking brutal, man. He, the way he would stab the hell out of those vampires, I mean. <clears throat> there, there's, you know, the one scene where he's just fucking just like, come on, you know what I mean? And he's still talking, so it's it's kind of comical, you know what I mean? But he's just like, you fucking bitch, and you know, I, I just I, I love this movie so much it, and I feel like this movie is what every vampire movie should be, if you're gonna focus on the hunter aspect of it. And um, I love how the, I love how the hunters celebrate their victory afterwards. Yeah. Oh, who's yeah. the hookers? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, well, so, so, so wait, wait, you're wait. with your boys hunting monsters all day. You fu- how are you going to celebrate your win? You know. So wait, is it safe to say? Do you a little mahogany? Do you a little teakwood? Oh, yeah. Do you a little maple in there? A little sap dripping from the tree. <laughs> yeah, James Woods ad lib in ad libbing in this film is just absolutely unparalleled, and it just creates a very unique and memorable character. I mean, if you take all of his characters and just put them in a hat. I mean, this one's just going to stand out any every day. It's just, it's awesome. He, he got to play a character that he didn't ever get to play in a movie before, and that is yeah. that that awesome badass with the one-liners. And mm-hmm. before, you know, he kind of got to do that in the movie The Hard Way uh, with uh, Michael J. Fox, where he plays a cop, but not on this level where, you know, the leather jacket and the, the squad of cronies and stuff. I just think that this is James Wood is at his absolute peak, and, like, this is, you know... Because he's like he's older in this movie, but he's not like too old. He's just yeah. believable to be as badass yeah. as he is. But also with that, he has that experience, so he's like that far enough in his acting career where he just fucking owns that role. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's not you know overly you know muscular or this big fucking roided out lead character. No, he's no, just he's, 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 he's normal looking. He's believable. It's a it's he's a regular everyday guy who was raised to murder these things that murdered his family you know mm-hmm. and, and it just it works so well this is such a great watch 
anybody in here that has not seen this flick, anybody Suck. listening, watch it. What's wow, really interesting? What's really interesting is I'm sitting here watching it last night, and I realized that this would fit extremely well in the supernatural universe, even. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Like anybody's seen Supernatural, you see, you think of this, and it's like, well, they're a lot like the Hunters in Supernatural. They're very. This almost goes hand in hand. Like this could very much exist in the same universe, which is a little bit of differences. Yeah. Well, shall we take a peek behind that curtain, Chad Daddy? Hold on, I got a transition. Oh. Give me the cross. This cross. Let me just ask you one thing. After 600 years, how's that dick market? Pretty good? <laughs> oh, I what fucking the love f- that line. You have got to be kidding me. Hey, guys, have you seen... Look, the, look at the group chat. And look at the picture that Big Johnny V sent. Oh, Jesus. Jeez, Louise, Papa Cheese. See, how does... He even showed us that he cleared the episode description, and it still popped up. What the hell? That's weird. There's got I'll have to. Something, uh, yeah, something. Yeah. something's got to be up because that should not be on there. No, that sh- and it's not here either. It's not. It is so so weird. I don't know why it keeps popping up, but while we're trying to solve that mystery, found it. What we got? Here? Found it. Oh, you figured it out? Yeah. Where's <laughs> it at? So when you go in there first, uh, you have to go into Facebook. Oh, like the settings at you the have top to change there. Facebook. Yeah, you have to go in and hand edit all of the oh. the things. Yeah, even if you, YouTube, you have to do it. You just even have to fill it in with a space, or it won't let you edit it. Oh. Uh, that's some bullshit. <laughs> that is that is weird. That you have to actually put like a space. I just fixed it. Quit, don't okay. fuck with it anymore. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 First if his name comes up next week, then it is his like, fault. No, I have no idea how that got there because I only edit the things that are here on Restream. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so despite being a horror movie, John Carpenter stated on the audio commentary that he did this movie because it closely resembled a Western to him. Yep, nice. Uh, he, had, he actually had a good working relationship with James Wood on the set. Uh, apparently, Woods has a reputation for being difficult to work with because of how much he likes to improvise. Uh, uh, so Carpenter got along with him just fine. They had a deal. Carpenter could film one scene as it was written. The other, Woods, could improvise. Carpenter <laughs> found, to his delight, that many of Woods' suggestions were brilliant. Of course, because James Woods is a fucking legend and a stand-up guy. So if most of his stuff is improvised, you got to wonder how much his appearances on Family Guy were also improvised. <laughs> I Ooh, guarantee that handy. whole thing They probably didn't even give him a script. Just let him go. Because, yeah, they just were like, yeah. go for it. You're James Woods. Have a piece have of candy, would you? Ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> <laughs> now, Bobby, see if you know this. Who was Carpenter's first choice to play Montoya? I was going to say, I know who was the first few choices for Jack Crow. Montoya. Actually, I don't know this one. Bruce Campbell. Oh, really? That would have been been weird. You know what the problem is? It wouldn't have taken away from his performance because it would have been those characters having to constantly go off of each other. And this, I think this allowed James to shine. I'm kind of happy it's not Bruce. Yeah, as much as I like Bruce, I I don't think Baldwin does a good job being a being a supporting character. Yeah, Yeah. because I don't think I I mean. I, I just feel like Campbell would maybe overshine. If you're going to have Bruce Campbell in a movie, use him like they do in Maniac Cop. Put him at the end. Yes. 
Hey guys, <laughs> heads up, Heather Heather just texted me the Facebook video cut out, so I wonder if we got flagged wow. for that Bigfoot penis. <laughs> Uh, maybe. Way to go, TJ. Oh, hey, he, he called it. He called it. Uh, <laughs> okay, so continuing on. Just before production began, the studio cut the budget by two-thirds, and the filmmakers had to furiously rework the story to fit. According to John Steakley, the man who wrote the original novel, uh, the finished film contained much of his dialogue, but none of the plot. You know, I'm curious, curious as to, honestly, I'm curious as to what that book is. I gotta find it. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. Gene Siskel enjoyed the film and James Woods in such a radical departure from his usual fare so much, he suggested that Woods be nominated for an Oscar for his performance in this film. Wow. I mean, it is good. Yeah. Not wrong. If I remember correctly, uh, Roger Ebert also liked it, but he didn't love it. So it wasn't like panned by these guys, unlike most of the other films we're reviewing this show. This is true. This is very true. Oh, by the way, TJ, uh, Steph told me the other day she hates to agree with you, but she absolutely loved um, Jack Frost. Yeah, it's it's great. It's, it's she's like she's like I hate to admit it, but uh, yeah, <laughs> she's like it was really good. She it's definitely so enjoyed it. She enjoyed it more than I did, that's for sure. Uh, for this film, oh, hold on, John Carpenter wanted to stay away from the stereotype of gothic vampires. He wanted to make his vampires savages and not be brooding loneliness in their existence. They're too busy ripping and tearing humans apart. He That's says why. that and then uses the gothic idol at the end to kill him. Makes sense. Yeah, but they're... but he was the the vampires themselves weren't gothic. Like, well, yeah. I don't know. Gallic was pretty goth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, homeboy looked like a like a diet crow. The the, the yeah uh, yeah, but he's not. But he's they not weren't like, wrapped up in loneliness. But no. he's not like he's not like interview with a vampire gothic. Yeah. Well, well I mean, but his clothing kind of. I mean, other than the trench coat being like a new age trench coat, but he had like the lacy shit underneath. Is it the question though? Begs, is it unavoidable to draw a gothic comparison with the vampire story? I, I think it is so. almost unavoidable it's because of the, yeah. the frost and everything else. It's the setting that's required to have that type of story art. You know, it, it's, it, it, yeah, it is very unavoidable. And I think that all stems from actually probably all the way back to the original Dracula stage play back, you know, when before the film, the first film was even made. You know, that was kind of a product of its time and it just kind of carried over. Everybody just kind of adapted that. The to act of vampire hunting is gothic. Yeah. Look, when you yeah, take it actually is. when you take the gothic out of vampire films, it's the tools, you get Twilight. Mostly. Yeah, yeah. Let's not Fair talk enough. about that. <laughs> Onward and upward now. <laughs> Although I would say, if anything, two things would definitely update update the whole vampire hunting thing are uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and uh, Supernatural. They take a less gothic approach to uh, to the whole vampire hunter thing. Blade. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh, good call. Which also came Blade out this year. Same it. So, it also yeah. came out that same year as this. It, it's a different. It, there's two different takes on the genre. It's a western and an urban version. It's, it's, it's yeah. but they both work, and they yeah. both work yes, they very yes. well for the time. Yes, uh, but continuing on, this was the film that convinced John Carpenter to stay in directing. He felt burnt out after a string of critical and financial failures. John Carpenter said he lost his love for filmmaking and was heavily considering going into retirement following the failure of Escape from L.A. because, in his words, it stopped being fun. However, I enjoyed Escape from L.A. It's not as good as that. The film suffers from the budgetary constraints. If they go back and fix that CGI, it's a a very good movie. However, Bruce Campbell was Awesome. 
in his. Yo, he was great movie. in that movie. He was yeah. great in that movie. Yeah. Okay, so uh, when Carpenter was offered the job for vampires, he was intrigued by the promise of making a horror western hybrid, something he wanted to do since the 70s. He made a deal with himself, make one more movie, and if it still wasn't fun, retire. He later went on to heavily enjoy his time directing vampires. Nice. Is that I'm the so last he... bit you have, Chad? No, it is not, but I can uh, take a break if you want to add something in. I just want to have a question for you boys. Uh, what is your favorite uh, Western film currently? Oh, Tombstone. Tombstone. Ooh. There's no question. I love Tombstone. I do. I love Tombstone. I love Young Guns a little better. It has been a bit since I've watched Young Guns. Hmm. I, you know, I, as much as I love it, I gotta go with the good, the bad, the ugly. A classic Clint Eastwood. Hmm. It's a brutal revenge movie. That's Clint Eastwood. What about you, boss? Django, 1966. Good pick. <laughs> Good pick. Good pick. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Machine Gun's awesome. So, uh, John Carpenter cast Jack James Woods because he wanted his character Jack Crow to be as savage as the prey he's going after. Woods himself took interest in the project because it was something a bit different for him. Well, yeah. Uh, he had... Kurt Russell and a few others he wanted to try out, but that's, they just that's actually that's actually oh, the next bit. <laughs> uh, the search to find an actor who played Jack Crow proved to be difficult. His first choice was Kurt Russell, but he was de- he had declined due to prior commitments. His next choice was R. Lee Ermey, but the studio declined the what? offer because they felt he lacked the star power. That's bullshit. <laughs> that would have been fucking insane. That Yo, been he I don't been- think we would have had the one-liners. No, but we would have had. Some, I don't know. Rip. We could have had some. We could mean, have had some interesting one-liners listen, from him. Come on, the first one-liner I think of him is five foot nine and stack shit that high. I could see him doing something off of that. Come on, it's Arlie Ermey, man. I would have been interesting. I would have been interesting. Yeah, that would have been really good. Uh, the studio offered Clint Eastwood, Tommy Lee Jones, and Danny Glover the role, all of whom declined. Uh, the next one, Dolph Lundgren, who was originally attached to play Crow before Carpenter took over, was asked to return, but this time as the villain, which he declined. You know what he did prior to this? Like in the, le- the years leading up, he voiced her uh, Hades and Hercules. Yes, he did. Uh, he did Contact in '97. Uh, let's see. Casino in 95. Who's a casino? Lester Diamond. Who the fuck is that? I don't even see him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Michael Myers is in that, though, and you see him playing his day. You know, what's really funny is uh, James Woods said when he went in to do the audition, voice audition for Hades and Hercules, like all the other people that came in, they were doing this gravelly, you know, I am Hades. Yeah. And he just came in, he's like, hi, Hades, how you doing? And then he, <laughs> he nailed it from there. Yeah, and like we said, uh, the hard way earlier. Uh, that was about ninety-one. Yeah, yeah. So it's very different role. Oh yeah, it's completely, it's completely different. Completely if you look different. at I mean, even his work with Cronenberg, it's just completely different. So yeah. he's very versatile. Mm-hmm. Now he plays poker. No, oh, he doesn't really have to do anything now. He's he's so retired. He made it big. He's on yeah. Family Guy. No, but that's just what he does. He he plays in the World Series of Poker. If you watch that, he'll, he'll pop up every now and then. Like uh, Jennifer Tilly. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, Chucky was a pretty damn good show. I'm just saying. I'm excited for Chucky too. Same. That's going to be good. Sh- that's going to be good. <laughs> Continuing on. Uh, producer and John Carpenter's wife, Sandy King, cast Thomas Ian Griffiths Valak because they both wanted someone who looked formidable but is also alluring. There also has to be something alluring about the evil nature of the vampire itself. He... 
he pulled the look off perfect. You know, you know what he kind of oh, has the vibes of Candyman. Yeah, a little bit. That's what yeah, the stature, definitely. the way he like walks and shit. I just feel like he floats and stuff. It just felt. I feel like Candyman vibes. I don't know. Not only that, the way he talks. The too, that, that, that maybe yeah, maybe it's the voice. trench coat and the, the fucking nineties like color pastels. Just maybe, yeah. maybe feel like yeah. Not and you know, I, I I love his the design. It's so simple. You know, yeah. it's it's just lighten. The and skin, I think traditionally the, the best vampires are the simple Nosferatu. Klaus Kinski is uh, in Warner Herzog's uh, Nosferatu. It's 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 about the pale face with, with the elongated features yeah. and, and and the more subtle approach to the characters, but along with the more dude. And his fangs were long as fuck. Yeah, they weren't they weren't the regular little. You know, vampire. Those fucking things were long as shit. And if you look at his face, you just see the little blue veins coming yeah, out. Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. that's what yeah, I was going to get all at. All around. It, you know, yeah. it's just simple things like the veins that they did, where it's nothing. It doesn't have to be intense. Yeah, but it worked, and it made him. If look you have even an awesome intense. actor behind it, you don't need all that shit. That's Terry true. Silver, come on. But then again, you look at films like Blood Vessel, like that. What was that this year that came out? And that. That has heavy prosthetics for a vampire story, and that works as well. But I guess yeah. those are kind of like the head vampires, like before this fucking dude, you know, still has the features of the bat and stuff. Yeah. Very much. You got anything else for us, Chad Daddy? I do. When Largo Entertainment approached Carpenter with his project, they gave him two scripts, one by Don Jacoby and another by Dan Mazur. Uh, Carpenter read the scripts and the novel and saw potential in the movie that he'd been interested in, which was do a Western disguised as a horror film. So he and his friend Larry Sulkis worked together to create a new screenplay, taking elements from both the scripts, the novel, and some of their own ideas. But Jacoby, for whatever reason, reserved sole writing credit. Huh. Now that's fucking strange. That's weird. So, do you know who briefly accepted the role of Montoya before Daniel Baldwin did? Did they film stuff with him? No. Okay, who? Alec Baldwin. Oh! <laughs> oh. He, he briefly okay. accepted it before declining early in the pre-production and passed it on to his brother. Carpenter had not seen any of Daniel Baldwin's work, but had the actor read for him and hired him anyway. There you Should go. Proper Baldwin on this one. Now, question for you. The Baldwin and Firefly, is that the same family? No. They're not related. No. Okay. He's probably the best, best Baldwin. <laughs> probably. These <yeah>. days. <laughs> These days, yep. Back when Russell Mulcahy was attached to direct, one possible idea was that the film would take place in a distant future Whoa, with a who? decent amount Russell Mulcahy. So, Razorback, Rambo 3? Okay. Yep, uh, supposed to be a decent amount of the human population turned into vampires, and vampire hunters are as abundant as police officers. The vampire hunters would have used futuristic high-tech gadgets and equipment to hunt down the vampires, who were plotting to take over the world by transforming the Pope into one of them. Dolph Lundgren was slated to play Jack Crow, while Willem Dafoe was being eyed to play Valak. See, okay, I now want to know how... <laughs> I Whoa. do want to know. Can we go to that part of the multiverse? Because I want to see that is, fucking movie. That that plot sounds a lot like uh, the movie Ultraviolet. Uh, yeah. I believe they took inspiration from that part. I think. Yes. Yeah. I can see it. I also love Russell, so well, that would have been awesome to see him be able to do something. And I believe that is in the same universe, uh, Steve, where uh, Chris Farley plays Shrek and is still alive. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> see, I would have loved to have heard his voice. Uh, right? We need to see some kind of version of that. Uh, would have been great. <laughs> oh, boy. Continue. Okay, the symbol on the, neck, the necklace that Daniel Baldwin wears in the movie is the Nordic rune meaning protector. Hmm. Interesting. There are many similarities with this and another vampire mo- film made the same year, Blade. Both are about a vampire killer, and they both have a similar plot of vampires trying to complete an arcane ritual that would allow them to move about in the daylight. They also both feature a female character slowly turning into a vampire throughout, and they both feature actor Tim Guinea. Oh, I didn't even think of that! Oh, shit. The MPAA took issue with the film's over-the-top violence, threatening to give it an NC-17 rating unless some of the gore was cut. Ultimately, only about 20 seconds was cut to get the R. And there's Heather's answer! Oh, I don't know how much. 20 fucking seconds, not 20 a big seconds. Yeah. 20 fucking seconds. Yeah, so I don't think her uncut version was really uncut. Yeah. No. Yeah. Or it really mattered in the end. Yeah. 20 seconds. The film opened at number one, but dropped to number eight on its second week. The film grossed twenty million in the U.S. on a twenty point three million on a twenty million dollar budget. Although worldwide numbers are not official, Carpenter stated the film was a massive success overseas, particularly in Japan, and pulled in well over its twenty million budget. It later went in to pull a further forty two million on home video rental and purchase. There we go. Yeah, I was gonna say that's where it really makes its money. <laughs> that's where most of the time. Yeah, in this day and age, that's where movies are really successful is the home video sales. Mm-hmm. Hey, it was well, a good streaming. Well, well at that period, movie, so not now. Yeah. And finally, the film was originally released to varied critical reviews, appearing on both Best of the Year and Worst of the Year lists. Positive reviews were based on the film's acting, direction, and visual style, while negative reviews felt the film lacked a coherent plot or likable characters. Bullshit, James Woods was very likable. Yeah. Y'all go fuck yourself. He was more than likable. Yeah, I don't know how you cannot look at the the Laura Palmer character. Well, what is it? Mm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Could she was eye candy? Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. You know she she. I guess because she was really the only female in the film at first, she wasn't that attractive, and then like throughout, the, she starts getting more and more attractive. I don't know. It's her eyes. Her eyes did it for me. It's like the uh, Return of the Living Dead effect. Like the more she turns, the hotter she gets. Yes. Yeah, that was very bizarre. Yes. And then we were heartbroken to find out that that was a bodysuit the whole time. I'm sorry, I ruined that for you. <laughs> it was behind the scenes, and I had to tell you. So before you didn't we jump into, tell. I had to tell you. If it was ruined for me, it had to be ruined for y'all. <laughs> That's not how you ruin it. Don't ruin Santa Claus for me. So before we jump into our questions, Johnny D sent us a video. Let's All right. Do it. What up, homies? It's your fluff master screen, Big Johnny D. I want to say first and foremost, I apologize I can't be there tonight. But I have other duties to step up to, a.k.a. my family. So, luckily enough, I was able to sneak away for a moment, do this quick little vid, send you guys. We are talking about 1998 John Carpenter's Vampires. What a fantastic fucking film. I haven't watched this shit in probably a decade. Maybe even more. And I'm so glad I got to watch it. I'm sad. I, I'm glad I got to watch it, but I'm sad I don't get to review it with you, homies. But nonetheless, I watched it twice because that's how much I fucking love this film. James Woods 
absolutely delivers an amazing role, and his liners are just, mwah. I mean, what else can you say, dude? He's perfect. Uh, Baldwin, what the fuck's his name? Dan Baldwin. He plays a good role. Um, I get all the Baldwins honestly confused, besides Alec, like, he's obviously the most known, but I think everybody does great roles. I love the set designs, the shots. Oh, my God. The pan shots of just the landscapes in general beautiful anytime like they're driving up and you just get that great desert scene i mean you could tell carpenter was going for a hard western theme with this one and he delivers it very well with the music the locations everything um gore is perfect oh my god like nasty as fuck the vampires do great like i'm not gonna lie i'm a huge fan of vampires but they man he does them perfect in this movie and i know he didn't really like this actually spawns from a book or a novel. I've never personally read it. I kind of want to now. Not going to lie. Let's see where it goes. Um, but man, Valak, he is just fucking badass, dude. His masters are awesome. Um, when he first comes in that hotel and he just rips that motherfucker apart, that's probably my favorite kill in the whole movie. That shit was just, mm, what a way to start that shit, dude. I mean, there's so many great ones, but... Oh, what else to say? <sighs> Best scene... Honestly, like we, the hotel scene was great. There's so many good ones. But to me, it's the whole opening scene. The opening scene hooked me in, but it was my favorite scene, dude. When he's just having, when Woods is having the stare down with the house, and it's just that great Western stare down. Oh, it's perfect, dude. And he brings out his fucking band of marauders, and they got all their tools and weapons and shit, dude. They just look fucking badass. Um, so, all in all, great movie. Never seen it. Go fucking watch it. I'm going to give this one a solid, dude, I want to give it a five out of five, like, just because I personally love it so much, but if I was going to say, like, legit movie, dude, like, I'm going to say, fuck it, 4.8 out of five, I'm going to go that high, so, maybe you guys think it's too high, maybe you don't, I don't really give a shit, that's what my score is, 4.8, love you guys, sorry I couldn't be there, I will definitely, hopefully be there next week, unless some crazy emergency happens again, but, uh, other than that, Deuces. Yeah. Word. And before people before people start worrying, it's not like a bad it's like a like really seriously bad emergency that Johnny had to attend to. Yeah, yeah, it just had some so stuff. There, there was there was yeah, there wasn't like a death in the family or anything like that. No, nothing of that nature, thank God. Alright, boys, so let's move on to our questions. Yeah. What format did you guys watch this on? DVD. I actually watched it on the Stars app because I figured, why pay three bucks to rent it on Prime if I could get two months of Stars for ninety nine cents a month? Save a buck. You know, buck it. Why not? Bossman. Upscaled four K from the Screen Factory Blu Ray. Yeah, you sexy Ooh. bitch. Of course. You <laughs> and I watched it on the lowest possible quality that I yeah, could have did. watched it on. I popped yeah, it in did. my fucking VHS and I watched <laughs> it on VHS. <laughs> That's great. That's not that feel though. It felt great, man. Like just you know, it's like listening to a record mm. as opposed to an MP3. There's just something about that, you mm. know. That I disagree. I, I, I disagree on the comparison only because records sound so much more than digital, so much better than digital. But it's yes. the nostalgia factor for me. I, I understand that. I, I know that's you what know? you're trying to do. And, and like I said, watching this film as a teenager with my dad all the time, and I just was right back in that zone, you know, with the VHS. So 
I was all, all about the deep VHS. So, next question. Douche of the film. Valak? <laughs> or no. Cardinal. 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 Fuck that guy. What the fuck does he call him? The, oh, god damn it. He calls him a specific goddamn insult. And I just looked it up on the, on the interwebs here. I googled the internet. A pile of dog up. shit, I think, is one of them. Yeah. Uh, a steaming pile of dog shit. Steaming pile of you are truly a pile of dog shit, Cardinal. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, sums up perfectly what he oh. was and his mm. character. Finger kill? Know, ooh. Uh, that, the finger thing? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, the finger slice? Yeah, yeah Detective that, Flash getting sliced hey, in half. You know, KMB did this, and they definitely didn't take the idea from a film they did three years earlier. No, uh, certainly not. Probably this. Uh, certainly <laughs> did not take it from a film three years, four years earlier. They certainly did not. No, not one bit. <laughs> Guys, we have that body double over there, right? Yeah, let's just change the head. Can we just change the head? Change the head. Give him. Yeah, don't give go. him. Don't In give actuality, him if you want to slug the camera, she has. Uh, he has tits. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actually, the priest, when he literally take the guy's got the shotgun in his hand and he forces it under his own chin, even yeah. though you don't see the kill, it's still very effective with just that blood splatter on the. Ceiling. How much you want to bet that's probably the twenty seconds? You know, it's pretty pretty uh, effective. Like the, one of the more more effective kills, especially in the vampire end, is that first vampire when they drag him outside and, and you get to see him explode. Place. Yeah. That's pretty cool because it's really like your first like fuck it's a vampire hunter movie and it's that level. Yeah. So yeah. And the way the way it burned, it looked really sulfuric. It was like yellow flames. Yeah, yeah. the, the flames it, changed colors. You yeah. know, it wasn't just one kind of, you know, flame and the boom explosion. You actually got to see these things catch on yeah, fire before yeah, they separate these vampires from other ones. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm gonna go with uh the Cardinal's death just because it was such a satisfying moment when when the father shot him in the back, like fuck you, you piece of shit. <laughs> Best scene. The massacre scene and then the subsequent burning of the uh, hotel. Yeah, definitely yeah. the massacre. Nah, the for me it's the the whole third act. I mean the whole movie's gonna the whole third act of them trying to get the the masters. I I like I like the the mo- the hotel scene the motel scene of course but I like the scene that follows after where Jack goes back and yeah, beheads so everybody it's just very it's an emotional scene without being like overly dramatic but you know he had to go back and basically make sure his friends his team his brothers did not turn and then the way it transitions from emotional moment to Hey, James Woods is going to get his action movie moment to having it burn up, explode. explode in the yes, I mean, and, so cool. Yes, and that yeah. has always been one of my favorite favorite walkaway scenes. When you know, because you see him kind of wince just a little bit, yeah, just a little bit, and he's just, just like, a uh, little bit, like fuck, like you know. But that that was that, loud right there. That's <laughs> my favorite scene. I'm going to change my answer. My favorite scene was uh, at the end when they roll into the town, and you see it's a complete ghost town. It's deserted. And it dawns on you that everybody's either dead or is a vampire, and that is a very Western scene right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like in uh, High Plains Drifter when you when they rock up in the middle of the night. Yeah, or uh, in God Said to Cain, which is the Italian version of High Plains Drifter. <laughs> Holy fuck, Chad! Sorry, uh, <laughs> John, fix it. 
fix it. Fix yeah. it John. <laughs> so, uh, boys, did the opening scene hook you in? Yes. yes absolutely, Padre. All the way around, yeses. So, most attractive character? Laura Paul. James Woods. Uh, those two asses walking in frame towards the hotel. <laughs> no, I'll go with Cheryl Crow, but those asses were nice. I, uh, I'm going to go a different route, and I'm going to go with Valak, because vampires are fucking sexy, and that, I mean, he had the look, and that, to me, okay, all right. character. If you want me to say one, the one female master vampire who was hanging on the bottom of the elevator, oh, yeah, yeah. That, ha- <laughs> that, ha- that, that, that hair, she she, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's something wrong with him. She turned she out could to be a crispy she could, critter. She could bite me anytime. <laughs> so, did the score set the mood? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is not only did the score set the mood. This is one of my favorite John Carpenter scores. I even have it on CD somewhere. It's packed away right now. But yeah, it's fantastic. That was probably oh, yes. it's probably my favorite part of the movie. And it's very western too. Yes, it mm-hmm. is. You know, it's simple. modern. Very yes, modern time western. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good, and it's simple, and it worked very well. Best song, the opening, the opening song, the down, 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 down. Yeah. yeah, the theme, their theme. Babe, I, I don't know what it's called, but I, the, the yeah, Jack I don't know Crow the soundtrack theme. is. I, I could remember it. I, I couldn't look it up. I don't have it though, right here. The song that plays anytime Jack Crow's about to do some badass shit. That's mm-hmm. the best song. Who was your favorite character, fellas? <laughs> really, Montoya. Okay, Jack Crow. Just, I'm not. Just I'm to going. be different. I'm not. I can't be different. Jack Crow. I'm sorry. I'm going to say the father. I I think I was going to say the father too. The second. The, the second father. You got to say one of his care. One of the sporting characters. Because what is a vampire hunter without his team? You yeah, know what I'm saying? yeah. True. Montoya. You know, he's a, I got. I got a kick I, out of the Padre. But you know, yeah. Montoya was a great character, especially yes, after getting bitten. Two days before all this shit happened, yep. and he still kept his cool and still backed his boy up. By the way, right after she bit him and he hits her, the first time I saw it, me and my buddy Kevin looked at each other. I'm like, oh, imagine that, a bald one slapping a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> Art imitating life. Not that we advocate slapping any woman of any kind. Jesus no. Christ. Yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, wait, wait. <laughs> it was just a funny thing to say. It was a product of its time. Don't hate me. <laughs> but we do support intergender wrestling. Yes, intergender is wrestling is fine. So- <laughs> yeah, was- you know the whole rabbit hole here. Uh- <laughs> All right, was it scary? I mean, I when I they go in that den at the beginning, that shit's pretty fucking rad. Uh, Brody mentioned earlier in his little video, the cinematography is just meh. But you know that opening. I would disagree with that. That opening is pretty fucking effective. And for the setting that they had it in, it seemed pretty, uh, you know what I mean? Like, how, how do you want to describe they... it? Almost like the Hitchcock house. Like, it, it, the house seemed scary itself. To me, this is any rundown house that you see in driving across Texas. That's all I can intri- you know what I mean? It, I don't know well, where they filmed this. guy from Texas. Yeah. 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 I, don't know, I don't know where they filmed it. Well, New Mexico as well. You know, um, you see these rundown houses that are just there. Nobody lives there. And I mean, it, it works for, for, for what mm-hmm. they were setting up because 
Who knows? Maybe there are fucking vampires there. We'll talk about that on Someone Supernatural. But who knows? Who knows? Vampires in film. Vampires in film. (laughs) Does it hold up today? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Especially as one of the more, uh, in my opinion, one of the more standout Carpenter films. Yes. Absolutely. It's so different from everything else he does. Like, like they live stands out for him. Like this one does as well. The same yeah. way uh, Escape from New York does. Yeah. It's just completely a different genre from what he's else he's known for. You know, of course, Halloween. Yeah. Which I think, I mean, most people attribute. You know, you Halloween. say John, if you if you were to ask anybody what what John Car you know what's your favorite John Carpenter movie? Oh, Halloween. You know, mo- majority of the people will say that. But this, see, I've I actually heard I've actually heard the thing more than Halloween. I will say. Well, a true horror fan would say the thing. A casual horror film fan is going to say Halloween. And a Carpenter fan would be like, uh, all of them? All of them? <laughs> Every single uh, all one. of them? <laughs> no matter how good or bad they are. How yeah, was funny, that? If, we're ta- if we're talking like just favorite Carpenter film overall, my favorite's actually probably Big Trouble in Little China. I would say Escape from New York, actually. That's a really good one, too. You know, I saw Escape from L.A. before I saw Escape from New York. So did I. Can I say Halloween too? Yeah, because yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, he's involved yeah. with it. Although he calls it an abomination, and he has ever since. But well, well I always enjoyed it. I don't care. It's not an yeah. abomination. He's that's no. just that's just him. he's being overly dramatic. That's him at the time. That, that's that's only because he did not want to make Michael Laurie's brother. And that was after a night of drinking. Well, that's for another podcast. How was the acting? <laughs> oh, Fantastic. Yeah, great. I mean, what do we want to say well, that we haven't said already about it? I, and I feel that Valak, the actor that plays Valak, had very minimal lines in this film. Yes. But he said a lot without saying If I remember correctly, he only had 18 lines. Like I said at the top of the show, it, it's about being subtle, but also delivering a very... like believable performance you know it's about doing most of it with your body so yes yeah how did you like the cinematography fellas we already kind of touched on that but it's i think it, it it's not like the great it's no fucking halloween too it's not him working with dean cundy okay it's yeah, no. carpenter doing a 90s movie and it's above average because the movie fucking rocks. The movie is an action, horror, comedy, western amalgamation of awesome. And the cinematography complements that in every way. Like we mm-hmm. talked about earlier, we referenced that scene where Jack's walking away from the motel as it's blowing up. That was fucking awesome, but that's a traditional action movie shot. But at the same time, we also referenced the, the, the Hitchcockian style suspense that we got in the uh, abandoned house at the, in the beginning because that was scary. So this film gives us like this buffet of different types of situations that allow the cinematographer, whoever the fuck it is, uh, who we say, uh, Gary Kidd, uh, who also did RoboCop 3. That doesn't make no fucking sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really doesn't, actually. Not to say it. That's said in the second time you said it. Like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Well, he clearly got his shit together by this one because this film is definitely fucking great. Oh, Yes. Robocop I mean, it's scary and it's effective when it needs to be. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Did you guys like the premise? Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love Is it so it? much. 
I love it I, so much that I actually, you know, like you guys want to find the book now and read it to see how. Isn't there a it. shot where they go through the motel after the, the slaughter to show everything? Yeah, when he's cleaning up. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Then that's, you, that's you, just don't see, you just don't see all the bodies on the floor when you see him mm-hmm. doing what he has to and do. And that might have been that might have been another scene where they cut some of the twenty seconds. Point. So it I might have been the shotgun blast and showing the father's scene. head exploding and then the cleanup. You know, mm-hmm. a couple seconds here and there. All right, boys, we are on to the four R's recycle, rewind, remake, or reboot. Chat daddy. I'm going to say rewind and reboot. I'd like to see more of this. Uh, oh, rewind and not reboot, but uh, rework into a TV series. With with James Woods? With James yeah. Woods, only in a character where they go to later in the season and they need his help for something. So, like, this is just like a modern vampire hunting team in that same universe that John Carpenter established. And okay, but I would go to these characters for help. I would love to see that, but only if they kind of steal from the recent 2018 Halloween and John Carpenter, ha- or not, uh, yeah, but James Woods has all these, uh, he's like an, a recluse and has all these traps and everything set up. <laughs> I could see that. I think, I think that would work. Now, now, in, in doing that, did he kill Montoya or did he let Montoya live? Because I remember the, the dead days. situation where they put him in his fucking I think, uh, shed. I think he, I think he <laughs> found him and killed him. I think he did too. And otherwise, <laughs> he's responsible for any future deaths. Yeah. Yes. Well, then again, James Woods doesn't really care. I would rewind, not reboot. Give me a better sequel, where it starts off with finding Montoya. That was the sequel I always wanted. Was was him actually going and finding Montoya? Because I feel like. I know he's saying, I give you two, you know, I'm giving you two days. We're giving you two days head start. But I feel that Montoya knows him so well that he would be able to evade him. And so it wouldn't be an an outright kill right away. It would take him time before they ever cross paths again. Um, I would say rewind and reboot into a series. I like that idea of a series where we get a new team. Or teams of, you know, the, the Catholic Church reworked itself and now there's more teams because, you know, that it's gone out, gotten out of control even more. And they have to find Jack because something happens or the Black Cross returns or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the case. And they Vampires, find the Black Cross. There you yeah. go. Yeah. There you go. Wow. So somebody contact about, us about, for our ideas. How, we got some good ideas. <laughs> how yes. about this? They have to contact Jack because the new vampire master is Montoya. The real question is, is will James Wood work in Hollywood again? And then that's the real question for any of this to happen. Okay, let's rate it. <laughs> I'm okay. I'll start it off. And like I said last week, I already gave my score for this film. I gave it a five. Okay. Uh, 4.75 for me. Five. Can't. Five. I. I, It's tough. Make it realistic, chat for us. I'm going to give it 4.25. There you go. I mean, it's it's, it's not my favorite, but I still really enjoyed it. What's that average?
Sorry. Do you have all the scores? I do. Okay. Six. Four point six eight. So That's actually very, very, very I'll round fair. that up to four point seven. There That's you go. Very fair. Very fair. So fair. Very fair. So what do we have coming up next week? Chad Daddy hit us with that. Next week we continue our vampire love fest with a big Johnny D pick of Stakeland. That's a good film. I have not watched it, so I'm excited to watch it. It's yeah, so I've never good. seen it either. That and the sequel is so fucking good. Yeah, uh, the, the, the color, the color's okay. Uh, you know, it has that uh, what that 2010s color for horror films that I can't stand. The weird, like, uh, where they all the, yeah, where they sucked all the, the life out of the, the colors and stuff. But uh, other than that, the story told the acting and the sets and just is phenomenal shit. Did they make that into a series or am I thinking of something else? Something else. They might have done t- mini, mini webisodes or some shit with it. But I'm kind of curious now. I want to look that up. Daniel Harris is in it. Ooh. Adult Daniel Harris. I haven't seen it. Mm. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to watch it. Yes. Um, that's going to be a fun movie to watch. Yes, and that is available for free on pretty much everything. Shutter. Amazon Prime, Voodoo, Tubi, Peacock, Pluto. It's on, it's on Shudder, you say? I think that's where I watched it first. All righty. Shudder just got uh, both Andy Warhol films. I know this is part of your normal show, so I'll just talk about it now. Uh, yeah, Shudder got both Andy Warhol slash Paul Morrissey films, both Flesh for Frankenstein and Blood for Dracula today. Nice. So if you're looking to see some, like, art house, black comedy, horror films. Check out both of those uh, because it's fucking Warhol, baby, but it's not. It's Paul Morrissey. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Warhol was on set and he's like, yeah, that looks good. So, fellas, do we have anything for nerd news? I would Ah. just like to say that uh, as we previously talked about last week, the Ghostbusters Afterlife uh, 4K set is down to $100 now, Very which nice. means that the wife will allow me to buy it. <laughs> Lovely. I mean, yeah. you buy, uh, I didn't really, all right, for me, I didn't really find too many interesting things this week. Yeah. Uh, not, not really much stood out as nerd news that I know there would be people like, oh, shit, not too many different things. Yeah, that's the, so, that's the sad thing about the, the end of the year is most places instead of, you know, they don't really report. There's not much to report. So they're usually doing an end of year wrap up, you know, the best of the last year and looking forward to the pre to the oncoming year. And uh, yeah, there's not really anything that I've really touched on that. I don't think the, o- the only thing I would say that's like coming up is a uh, toy fair in February. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know NECA is definitely going to have some really cool new shit. And Mezco has been advertising small things for certain things coming soon. So I'm sure we'll get some package reveals and some figure reveals for that. But that's about it. But that's a month away. So as that gets closer, because I watch that shit like a hawk. So, so do I. we'll keep uh, keep an eye out for that in a month. Recently, Vinegar Syndrome mm-hmm. dropped their January titles and Savern announced their February titles. Uh, I actually got some Vincent titles. They have uh, the Forgotten Jallo 
box set uh, number four from them just got dropped as well. Uh, and they, did, they released a bunch of shot on video stuff with their partner labels. So they have their normal website and then they have a section called partner labels. And it's all these like companies that are partnered with vinegar syndrome that create like even like Steve was talking about crazy genres earlier. So like super niche genre stuff like off of that. Oh, nice. Like the altered innocence one, I think is like mostly uh, like gay in uh, LGBTQ uh, films. Mm-hmm. And then they have things like Saturn's core, which is like mostly shot on video horror films. And then they have terror vision, which is more like the shot on video, but it's more like uh, regional type stuff. Uh, and they have all a whole assortment of things like that. They just released Summer of 84 and The Last Matinee, which are relatively new films, but they're giving them 4K releases. So it's nice to see stuff like that is going on. Well, the only, the only bits of news, nerd news that I have is, and this one's kind of a personal one, but the very, very horrible movie that I am in is getting a Blu-ray release now. I was just nice. notified today. Oh, shit. So, uh, Paranoia Tapes 5, I forget what, what the subtitle is. It is getting a Blu-ray release, and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty fucking cool. Um, the only other one that I have to mention, and I would like to get TJ's input on this, is DC is supposedly rebooting the Justice League with Batwoman and Supergirl taking the spots of Batman and Superman after the Flash movie. As the new Trinity, it will be Wonder Woman, Batgirl, and Supergirl. Maybe. Maybe. And what do you think? Well, we have not been introduced to any of these characters yet. Uh, other than Gal Gadot's uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah. So, honestly, all we can do as DC fans is be optimistic and have faith in the sense that they've delivered in the last three films that maybe we can actually get something decent out of them with this. So we can look at it as a negative way, but we haven't seen any of these characters on screen yet. So I will wait to pass judgment. And if it's garbage, it'll just make uh, the Snyder films look even better in comparison. So you can look at it that way. And uh, all all hail Zack Snyder and what should have been. Yes, sir. Hmm. All right. So I guess that is it for episode 170 of the Corn More podcast. Let's start this bitch off. Clockwise, Chad Daddy. This is your Dark Lord of Knowledge, your Chad Daddy, saying, see you next week, bitches. That's clockwise. It's supposed to be me. This is the pod boss, TJ Bowser, stopping in. See you later. This is your killing machine, Bobby Malone, saying, Happy New Year, and we'll see you next week, you fuckers. And this is your Lord Scuba Cabra, the Prince of the Paranormal, the Duke of the Dead, the host with the ghost. Saying, see you later, bitches. And stay fresh, cheese bags. Get some mahogany antique wood, people.